This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 262, Twilight Imperium Hero Tier List. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Oh, this is one of those Twilight Imperium hero tier lists. Um, it's a Twilight Imperium episode. It's like kind of a different vibe we're going yeah, for. We want to yeah. talk about Twilight Imperium. Yeah, yeah, that's um, exciting. Uh, it feels like we haven't done that recently. It feels like we didn't have three and a half hours of Twilight Imperium goodness for you last week. You know what's really funny about the way things timed out with our we have two we have two podcasts, Hunter Donaldson and I, uh, and one of them last week was action cards a three and a half hour long extravaganza right right. and then this week what just released yesterday alongside this episode is our old gamers almanac three and a half hour long (laughs) sort of season ender re-ranking of all the video games we've talked about those were not recorded back to back so thank goodness we did not record seven hours of podcast in one week but i did edit seven hours of podcast in one week is the way that that turns out That's true. Uh, and that, you know, it, Matt, I, I hate to say it this way, but we recorded them out of order uh-huh. and for a reason, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You made your own workflow. <laughs> you made, you put those two things yeah. on your desk at the same time. Yeah, that did. I did not put those two <laughs> things on your desk at the same time. I just, I gotta say for no, the record, no. it's wonderful just that in we case got someone ahead. calls OSHA or something like that. I just want to say, I did not tell Matt that that was the way it had to be done. I, I right. was plenty ahead. The, the good news is we're so ahead of both of these shows. Not so ahead. We're, we're now actually, for the first time ever, we're like a proper week ahead of Space Cats, Peace Turtles, which never happens. Uh, which right. just means we're not recording Tuesday, and then I have to edit it immediately. Quick, hot yeah. off the presses, podcast, here it is. Right. Let's go. Like, right. I got to actually sit down with action cards and and actually do i don't know like a real edit as opposed to like a slapdash thing where then i release it and then someone messaged me on discord like hey there's like a weird like 14 seconds of silence at minute right. five or whatever right. uh, what's that right. about it's like oh no i forgot a thing yeah yeah so or, no more or like we just start saying swear horrible yeah. swear words <laughs> because we're actually like filthy dirty pirate boys you know and you don't know that about us because yeah. we keep the show g-rated yeah but you know except every for once in a episode, while what was up with that yeah. You know? Well, hey, no, I was good. I was a good boy about the live show. I edited oh. out most of the swear words. Yeah, they're nice. pretty much all gone. So it was a pretty Aww. clean experience you've all had. Uh, so here we are. Guess what? It's another Galactic Council episode this week. Uh, the, the council has voted on what is essentially their final uh, improv style episode. The theme mm-hmm. of the Galactic Council for a while has been... Hey, here's here's a couple of ideas of things that Hunter and I can probably just sort of rattle off the dome, uh, right? And 
after this month's Galactic Council episode, we are now doing a, a series of Galactic Council episodes that we are a month ahead of and thus right. can do prep work on and maybe have a little bit more meat on the bones of the Galactic Council episodes. So this is your last just sort of like, hey, here's a thing. You know, this is almost the same energy as the live show, basically. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just that. And not that we won't have casual episodes going forward, but they won't necessarily no. be Galactic Council episodes for a bit. We'll just sort of have casual episodes randomly show up but this one today we're doing a tier list as we are wont to do on this show right and, yeah and it's time to cover all of the heroes back to back which despite there being 25 factions there are in fact 27 heroes that we have to categorize today yeah yeah quite a few we're not going to categorize the old uh yin and the old extra right um, obviously, oh, we could. That would be kind of cute <laughs> to I mean, throw them into could. the mix. We I don't do have that. them on my list typed up, but maybe we'll throw them in depending on how long this takes. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. If, if we have extra time, we'll do the old heroes that are no longer in rotation. <laughs> um, but Matt, how do so? So we have for our tiers. Yeah, we've not come up with anything cute yet. We'll see. Maybe if we do. Yeah. Right now, we have an S tier, an A tier, a B tier, a C tier, a D tier, and an F tier. Yeah. However, we might change that completely as we go. Yeah, there might not All even have be six raw tiers. Yeah, there, there may not even yeah. be... I mean, six is a lot of things to split up 27 things. So it's I, true. I don't know. It's true. Um, and also, as, as we often do, our tiers at some point in their creation stop being a measure of quality and start becoming like a stylized factor. We're just like, well, this is the one that everything starts with B, so it See? goes in the B tier. <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> I honestly want to try and maybe avoid that today because sure. the point of a tier list episode is to upset people yeah, yeah, yeah. by classifying things against each other. Right. So if we don't upset any listeners with where we place certain things on the tier because we've turned the tier into a non-value judgment type yeah. tier list, yeah. then I, I don't know. I want maximum bad reaction to of this course, episode. as always. Because that's the goal. That's the only reason content creators do tier lists, uh, yep. just so you know. I don't just know to if you enrage that. people uh, and make yes, you disagree yes. with us. Uh, sort of the whole crux of this entire show at times, it seems. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. So yes. I think we dive right in. Uh, again, we have every hero in the game. Now, let's maybe get away with, uh, and this is probably not even going to remain true throughout the episode, but Hunter, do you have, like, sort of the idea of what kind of criteria, like, how much are you weighing these heroes in a vacuum as we talk about them compared yeah. to this is the hero that belongs to this faction and that right. makes it different than a hero if it were to belong to a different faction? I'm all utility as far as my logic going into this. I'm yeah. thinking about not it in a vacuum. I'm thinking about the time this that I've used this hero and seen other people yeah. use it. What happened? Like, what's the I sum agree. total of all of that actual real game experience? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to consider potential. Yeah. I'm going to consider actual outcomes that I've witnessed. Right. Hunter Which, has yeah. in his brain just mountains of hard evidence that he will be pulling from. And uh, yeah, it, th that's what makes brain. these lists. Full of rocks. That's what makes these lists objective, just so you know, is yeah. it's actually... Now, you don't ever get to see that data, but hey, trust me, it's there, okay? So just, right. you know what, maybe just trust us a little bit. Uh, let's do this. Uh, we have a list here. They're just kind of in alphabetical order, basically. So uh, first on the docket is the Arborex Ultrasonic Emitter, uh, which is, as an action, produce any number of units in any number of systems that contain one or more of your ground forces then purge this 
card. This is a hero I feel like I was originally pretty soft on. I did not like. I thought it was... The the, the argument with Arborex Hero is always you got to have the money to do anything with this, right? Like, if you mm-hmm. don't... If there's nothing Arborex being given that increases their economy uh, that much that would make this hero really, really hit hard. But I do think in working on Arborex when we were doing the preliminary guides, I did start to see the value of this hero as sort of a really handy mid-game swing the the amount of potential it can give to arborek as a hey here's a bunch of unlocked stuff and now you can actually do stuff with it like this round here in round yeah. three or whatever there is some value to that it's still limited by uh you need money so i hope you have some um but beyond that i i do think this is better than i used to think because i used to think it was mm. trash i used to think it was an f tier d tier kind of hero i thought it was really bad but uh, I, I have felt the effect of this on my Arborek games. Dang, I don't feel that way. I still think it's trash. I don't, I don't think I've experienced like the. Because a lot of times, so like here's here's one thing that annoys me about it: the produce any number of units mm-hmm. in any number of systems aspect of it. I have never really seen someone actually use that to any like worthwhile effect, mm. as in like what it really ends up being is like a build that is unlocked and that part is cool that's not even written in the text but that yeah it's like you're you're doing this as an action uh in order to produce but a lot of times i feel like you're not actually um really doing much besides getting like a maybe fleet worth or even half fleet worth of unlocked units because again as it i mean as you were covering it matt it all comes down to does Arborek have the type of economy to actually make this hero sing? Yeah. I feel like oftentimes they do not. So I cannot actually remember a single time where this hero has made a real difference for me or other players that I've seen play. I, the way I feel it has come about is nowadays I don't focus on getting uh, like a big maximum threshold of infantry on the ground anymore right. as Arborek because that just has always felt like an, you need to be building ships kind of all game long which means for me generally when the Arborek hero pops you really don't need that many more like capital ships the the produce any number of units usually means the person with Arborek is building as many fighters as they can hold and as many infantry as they have money for after that. It's like, okay, I need a carrier, I need a dread, and then I need fighters and infantry as many as I can possibly squeeze onto the board, depending on how much money I have in this moment. That's what I think most Arborek hero uh, builds are. And from a standpoint of, I haven't been overemphasizing ground forces so far this game, it can be nice to be able to get those fighters out this way, because maybe you don't always actually have like a great fighter building economy so far in your Arborek game and round three is a way to really kickstart all of a sudden I have a ton of soak damage I, I, mm. none of this is to argue this is like some great hero I'm th- I was thinking where, we where would you put it I was gonna throw it into C tier and then see where it shifts as other stuff hits the board but I just don't want it to be I don't want it to be F tier it's not F tier to me it's maybe okay. D depending on where things relate to it it's obviously not B but I could see myself putting it as high as C so I'd like to just put it in C for now and then see if All we right. drop it down later. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, I would have put it in F tier, but yeah, I think we can put it in C tier for now. Yeah, I, I think it will likely, as we sort of get things related to each other, we'll go, oh, wait, yeah, yeah, this is definitely like a D tier kind of thing. And, and I might be convinced right. of F tier. I, my, 
I think we won't end up having an F tier <laughs> by the end of this is, is really kind of how I feel about it. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, uh, next up is the Argent Flights Helix Protocol as an action. Move any number of your ships from any systems to any number of other systems that contain one of your command tokens and no other players' ships. This certainly ranks uh, highest in terms of confusing heroes. Right. This one is very hard yeah. to understand what you are meant to do with it. Yeah, so I'm not really sure still, actually, what you're supposed to do with it. <laughs> I mean, so the obvious thing that we always say is it's a defense... It's a defensive hero, so you can move... You can do a bunch of things with your ships and then move them all back to your home system. Uh-huh. I don't know that I have ever seen <laughs> anyone do that. Yeah. A lot of the times this gets used to... Uh, just, just as a stall yeah. or, like, it doesn't really do anything. I just don't understand. Yeah. I guess... It's so crazy. We've been playing this game for so long, and I just like still do not understand this one. Yeah, like the, what the, the point of it is. The cute things I've seen done with it um, are things like, "Oh, my secret is have three ships above Mechatol, but I can't actually send everything to Mechatol." Oh, sure, but yeah, Mechatol's pretty cool. empty. I can send like a ship to Mechatol, okay. and then hero everything else into Mechatol, and now suddenly like I've got a pretty well defended secret. Or That's true. I've other I've seen other cute things that are like to uh you you just activate a system that is empty period right. and then you're able to send your whole fleet there and then maybe you have Later. unexpected action or warfare or something and so you're or, able to or, lift it's like a suit it's like a it's like a obviously worse version of l1 z1x's hero if you have it, it can, stuff to counterpart it um it could like help you score uh having ships and empties right if you just activate empties that you can't actually get to. Right. But then that's entirely dependent on like there being no ships Other there because you can't there. move yeah. them there. Right. Um, if there's already ships there. So that's kind of tough. But uh, yeah, I I think, yeah, there's some like fringe situations where it might score you a point or something. What is fringe situations that might score you a point or something? <laughs> right. Where does that work out on the tier list, though? Yeah. Well, it's funny because it's it's so awkward that I wanted to boost Arborex numbers a little bit, but then we get Argent where I'm like, okay, Argent is obviously a better faction than Arborex, but is sure. this a better hero than Arborex? I, I feel like I have to argue it is a little bit better than Arborex hero. Okay. Because Argent's, we came up with just in that moment, we came up with more ways that actually nets you specific points, right? Sure. Objectives can be accomplished that you otherwise were not going to accomplish because of this hero. Arborex hero doesn't really do that. Like I, I can, mean, it could help you do nine ground forces exactly. on that's a planet like the with only, them, but that's not hard for Arborex Exactly, anyways. yeah. It's, it wasn't a thing I was struggling with anyways, and so... I don't know. So I, I, I feel like I would want to put Argent above or at least in the same tier as Arbrek. And I obviously don't want Argent's hero to be B tier yet, which means I'm already arguing to move Arbrek down to Argent D tier. you're saying Argent should be C tier. Oh, D tier. Oh, no, you want Argent I, I, no, 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 no. I'm saying Argent to C and we already move Arbrek down to D <laughs> because I, I can't oh. <laughs> I can't reckon with the fact. Okay. Like I've already got the proof in the pudding. Already that going back on what you had already said. <laughs> and now you're just going to change Arborek. <laughs> okay. Um. I mean, obviously, I wanted Arborek in F tier, so D tier is fine. Sounds with me. great. <laughs> so, so, so Arborek goes down to D tier. Argent 
is in C tier. I think C tier makes sense for you Argent. You feel good about that? I wanted to make sure. Yeah, that. yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I think there's C tier is like not going to help you most of the time, but sometimes will like help you d get some, yeah. some real work down. Right. D tier right. is like, we don't know how this helps you. Right. That's how I right. would say. It. I, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, like, that's it, how I feel about Arborek. I'm like, I just don't even know how this helps you. Right. I guess. And, and an S and an A tier is like a, hey, this reliably changes the fate of your game or whatever. Something like that, yeah. probably. And yeah. A, a B tier is like, yeah, that's good, but it's it's not like you needed it or whatever, probably. Right, uh, right, right. Okay. Let's, let's move on to the Barony of Letnev's Dark Matter Affinity. As an action, place this card near the game board. The number of non-fighter ships you can have in systems is not limited by laws or by the number of command tokens in your fleet pool during this game round. And then at the end of the game round, you uh, discard this, which then is always the awkward thing of... Okay, I can commit a bunch of ships, but at the end of this round, I will have to fix this fleet supply problem, which means right. you really can only use Dark Matter Affinity as a Hail Mary. I absolutely have to win this combat, and I don't care if stuff dies later. I just need to win the combat right this second, which turns out I just feel like never really comes up in a barony game. That's not actually like a thing you're usually looking for. This is similar to what you were saying about Argent. I've never seen this hero do the thing it's meant to do. I've never yeah. seen it. Yeah, I think honestly, um, the thing that I've brought up many times about how I wish this hero would change is I just wish it lasted the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. I just wish it was like basically the way barony works now is they unlock their hero and then they never think about fleet pool ever right. again. Like, would that be so bad? Would right. that be busted? I don't think would so. that be broken? And, and I think the only reason it existed the way that it does is because during POK development, Dane had a purge the hero mentality. But now we got extra Omega where we don't purge yep. the extra hero. So I feel like we can get a Barony Omega at this point and just rewrite this one to be exactly as Hunter described. And then it would be probably like, a B tier, like it still isn't yeah. a game breaking. Be, but it would be, it would be pretty cool if yeah. there was just one faction that's like, anyways, uh, fleet pool, yeah. nah, nah, it's not doing it anymore. <laughs> Don't really care. Yeah. It's also funny because it would supersede the um the faction ability. So it's basically saying yeah. you don't care about fleet pool, so now it doesn't matter that you have a plus yeah. two to your fleet pool because you don't care about that. Right. You started better and then you became infinite. You are become god. Uh, so right. yeah, I would put this either C with Argent because it's kind of the same argument, but I think it's even less useful than Argent's. So I would I could also see it in D tier with Arborek. I think that it's either D or F tier. Yeah. So I think we should go with D tier. Yeah. I'm not willing to yeah. put anything in F tier until I feel like actually something is just like in Real the toilet bad. i mean we don't even have a b a or s tier yet so i'm like why are we <laughs> are we ever going to get to that point i don't know we'll we, see. Will. we will we will we It'll definitely happen. will we obviously will uh, next up is the clan of sar armageddon relay as an action choose one system that is adjacent to one of your space stocks destroy yeah. all other players infantry and fighters in that system uh the fighter side of that yeah, okay uh, cute how fun is that the killing all the infantry uh, in a system adjacent to your space. I mean, remember, you're sorry. You put your space stocks wherever you want to. <laughs> those those go right. where you feel right. like. Uh, so you get to just pick somewhere and nuke all the infantry off that planet, which is essentially to say when Sar wants one planet or two planets, like wants one system at the end of the game, they get to have it. It's theirs. They get to, yeah. they, they can work towards making sure that that is a thing, which then is pretty effective as long as the objectives align with it, right? Right, and it's also really useful for wind slaying. 
Um, it's not the mo of the Winslay heroes. I would put this kind of on like a lower uh -huh. a lower tier than that. Yeah. I Matt think that this is textbook B tier. I mm. think this is it's really easy to imagine a situation where this has some value, yeah. which I like. It it's not it's only infantry and fighters. So the mechs are still hanging out on those planets. Yep. Um but I think they're they're it's not too hard to cook up a scenario where this is going to make a difference and I've been in games where Armageddon relay ended up mattering a lot. Yes. I don't think it's all the time, which I think is what would bring it up to like A or S tier. Yep. But I think it's pretty good. But Matt, Matt, what what tier would you put I, Armageddon Relay? No, on? I, I agree completely. And and just looking at it from a comparison standpoint, it is clearly better than Argent's Helix Protocol for me. Like it is, yeah. uh, it is obviously better. So it is at least B tier. And I'm I don't see how I could make an argument that it's A tier because I've never really seen it pop off. You know, I've never been right. amazed. By Clannisar's hero, but I've seen games where the fates of some people were changed because of it, and that is yeah. enough to be a reliable B tier. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, okay, next up, we're about to do Council Calaris, of which there are three heroes, so we're going to yeah. do them in order. We will treat each of them as separate heroes. We're not really accounting for, like, how, how good is the fact that Calaris can pick their hero? I don't care about that today. We're just talking about the hero itself. So first up is Calaris's Argent hero, Overwing Zeta. At yeah. the start of a round of space combat, in a system that contains a planet you control, place your flagship and up to a total of two cruisers and or destroyers from your reinforcements in the active system. So you get your flagship, which is a decent enough flagship as Calera's, and then two cruisers or destroyers but it is kind of primarily a defensive ability. You can cook up really random, strange ways why this would work offensively. But generally, it is a way to have a system that people can't take stuff from you uh, this one time if you're willing to burn your whole hero on the defense of this one system, right? I actually think it is a little more useful as an offensive thing because you can sort of throw it out. The, the, the real... The real good aspects of this hero are that it's at the start of any round of space combat. Yes, yeah. So that means let's say I have a fleet and you have a slightly better fleet. I can be like, okay, so I'm going to look at my fleet pool. And as we play this out, I'm going to pop this flagship and cruisers down, which, which do not hit that well. And also, yeah. I don't know why, I don't know why it's a total of two cruisers and or destroyers. Yeah. Like you got to take, you're not taking the destroyers because right. the whole point here at least in the use case I'm describing, is that we're way past AFB. Yeah. So AFB is not really going to help us Technically, if it was the first thing you were doing, because it's totally. the start, you could do destroys for AFB. But yeah, that's not really accepting the use case of this thing, which is like the combat's already been going. I mean, because the right. alternative is to say, I, I target this thing, I sent a single ship in, and then I spawn an actual fleet all of a sudden. Like right. that's, that's the way you right. would do the destroyer side of it. That's just not usually how that works out usually you're doing it in the way hunter's describing which is like it was going to be close i'm starting to maybe lose but i can completely turn it around to where now i'll definitely be winning or whatever right i like it um i i like it decently i think i think it's like i think it's okay it's a little weird that the flagship comes out using this hero in a way where you cannot use the flagship's ability because yeah. we're already past that timing window right that's a little strange Feels kind of like incongruent with the overall point of Calaris's abilities. Yeah. But 
I think it has potential use for um, winning a combat. Yeah. Uh, which is, not, you know, not, not so bad. And I think it's always kind of an option. And then in a situation where you can't come up with any reason to use it, it can help in people having to factor this into the wind slay on you. Right. It's yeah. one of those silent defenders where people yeah. constantly think about the fact that you could do that, which means right. ah, that, then then that means I don't actually have enough. I have enough fleet to fight what's there now, but I don't have enough fleet to fight what could be there. So I never do the attack. And once that happens like three or four times, you never had to do anything. And the hero paid for itself merely by existing on your sheet. Right. And here's here's kind of my ideal use case situation for for that type of thing would be let's say we have a fleet protecting our home system and it's like pretty good. So hopefully you have been protecting your home system if you're playing as Calera's Argent because you have a bad home system with three planets. Right. right. Okay. Um, now they're trying to figure out how to win, win slay you. You've gummed up the works, right? Yeah. But they've kind of cut you back. There's one system they need to destroy your your one, I don't know, your your one cruiser, your, your dreadnought with a fighter yeah. above. They target that they send enough ships to kill the Dreadnought and the fighter, but they did not count on you playing the hero here. Yep. Now, suddenly, you have a much bigger fleet. I just, I, I, I love that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I'll, I'll say this, it, it sounds like I'm really hot on this hero. I think the overall, like, ceiling for how good this can be yep. is, like, pretty low. Right. But it has a lot of flexibility and usability that I consider, like, big boons. Yep. I would put it in B tier. I was going to argue for C tier, and I don't care that much, but I'm going to argue for C tier, and this is my last point, because it, it, it picks off okay. wh what you were just saying, which is, even in that really good situation that you just described, the biggest problem with it as a hero is that it's, again, primarily defensive, which means other people can very much plan around it if they really need to. So if it is a situation where it's like, no, it's take their home system or bust... If they were going to be able to find out how to do it, they know that's when you're going to use your hero. So I can definitely bring enough stuff to fight the Dreadnought, the Fighter, and the flagship and two cruisers or two destroyers or whatever. The fact it's that true. I, as an opponent, can definitely plan around it if I need to knocks it down a peg for me, which then just for me means, I mean, it's rarely scoring me points I didn't have, and it's only you know, a certain percentage of the time saving my game I had maybe locked up. I think that's a decent percentage. of it. I think like 60 to 70% of the time it's helping you really secure that victory you had earned. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the fact that it's not turning the tides for you very often puts it maybe a little bit more in C tier for me. I could go either okay. way though. I, I, can, I can go C tier on Claris Argent. Okay. I'll definitely say that I think it's on, I think it's better than the regular Argent hero. Probably. But but, Although, I mean, maybe I don't not know. good enough to be up. I always come a back tier. around to where I have definitely seen Argent games where they scored secrets or scored objectives off of that hero, even though it was in a really goofy, weird way. I feel yeah. like I've seen more points, but I, I, either way, they're they're close enough. Yeah, to yeah. Me. Let's do Calaris Extra Hero, which is Operation Archon. After an agenda is revealed, you may cast up to six additional votes on this agenda predict allowed an outcome of this agenda for each player that votes for another outcome, gain one trade good and one command token. So, of course, that prediction can be not what you vote for, so you can guarantee yourselves a trade good and a command token and six additional votes. That's like the minimum value that this can be worth and the maximum value right. this could for some reason be worth is, I guess, six trade goods and six command tokens, but I don't, I can't imagine that's ever going to happen unless like x unless calaris are in a situation where 
the table is very willing to let them net a bunch of command tokens and Calaris are like offering the trade goods to people to vote on the thing anyways. Because the problem with this hero is, of course, people can just not vote and then there's no money that gets passed around. You have to actively vote on a different outcome for the money to come to Calaris. It's true. Um, it is it is a difficult hero, I think, to evaluate in this context because um, six command tokens, which, of course, when we say six, we mean you also can right. vote the other way. Right. Um, so that's why it's a, a ceiling of six instead of five. Um, I think that, you know, given, given the right agenda, you can get that level of value out of it. Um, but a lot of the time you can't. And the, the, I feel like the table can kind of like hurt your, your whole position here. Yeah. But it's not so bad that I feel like it belongs in the D tier. Really? So I don't know, Matt. What what tier are you thinking? Man, I I mean, I, I have not... You really don't like this one? I've personally not played with it myself. I've been in a game where someone else had it, and it had mm -hmm. absolutely no effect. It did, it did nothing except for one trade good and one command token. And I think yeah. for a hero, I think that's pretty bad. I think gaining a single yeah, command true. token is really bad in terms of this thing that's supposed to like change the fate of my game. I think it's quite it's a bad hero, but I don't... I don't they're a new faction. I mean, do you I think, lack are experience. you thinking F tier? Are you thinking the I was willing. F -tier? I was willing. Wow. Because you said C, maybe we do our Dang. same thing with Arbor. Maybe maybe D tier is where no, it goes. I'll and maybe it moves around. You can do F tier. You no, can no, throw no, it in the F tier if you want. That's not a compromise. That's that's folding. And I'm I'm willing. Again, we may not need. But I mean, an I just kind of want one to be in the F tier, Matt. <laughs> I just want the list to be interesting. What else is gonna go? I I mean, I know what's gonna go in the F tier for me personally. I already know what is what's the F tier hero. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, I I'm, don't. I'm I don't seeing know. if there's a second one, but I there's there's at least one where I go. Yeah, that's come on. I just want that. That's got to be F tier for me personally. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I I I can see what you're saying. Like it's it's the table can really kind of throw it away. Yeah. Um, like, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough because if it's the right agenda, you can you can. Have you seen? You've personally seen that? Like you've seen them make some good bank off of it. All you got to do is, I mean, no, I, I haven't. So, I mean, in that way, I think it should be F tier. But, I mean, how many Calera's extra games have I seen? Not sure. that many. Right, that's the problem. Um, but yeah. All right, so what's the next one? Calera's Mentak, our final Calera's hero, is Erwan's Covenant. Uh, Covenant, excuse me. Uh, as an action, reveal cards from the action card deck until you reveal three action cards that have component actions, draw those cards, and shuffle the rest back into the action card deck. This is notably the only hero of Calaris's that actually has any synergy with things that you do. Uh, it actually combos with your commander ability. Not that our commander ability is something we're writing home about or desperate to, to make work, but also action cards with component actions, as we noted last week, generally pretty decent action cards for uh, on the whole most component action cards get you something somewhat decent i mean even in the the case of what we were just saying like with the operation archon i think you get more value in those three action cards than you probably get from the extra hero but how much value is even that i don't know yeah i don't know it's tough um there's a there's a high potential for this to be really really good um and then there's those situations where you know, you just get like industrial initiative and like yeah. economic or economic initiative. Yeah. Um, whatever the, the, the ones where you refresh 
various planets or just get a few trade goods out of it. Um, I think that there's probably enough good in there to where this should probably at least be C tier. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Matt, it, it sounds like you might be a little hotter on this one than I am. No, I don't think I, I, I would not put it B. So C okay. feels pretty comfortable to me. And, and if anything too, I think over time, what we've learned is like Mentak, you choose Calera's Mentak because of the one planet home system generally. Right. And this hero sort of exists, but as a hero, I've definitely gotten to the point where I think the, the Argent hero is actually the best of the bunch. It's just that it comes with the cost of the three planet home system. And that's right. what makes that a difficult decision. But if it were only down to the heroes, I would pick Calaris Argent every single time. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. That's kind of tough. I, I, I think I like Calaris Mentak hero like a hair better than the Calaris Argent one. Okay, but not enough to put it in a separate sure. tier list. Mostly because, I mean, while it's cool that you're getting all the stalls, that part is pretty awesome actually. Yeah. Um. The fact that like sometimes those cards just aren't worth a lot and sometimes they're worth a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. Am I talking myself into this being a B tier? I'm not really sure. Um if you're feeling C tier, we'll we we can I'm, we can I'm stick feeling with C tier, but I'm a little bit the the, the fact that it's a stall in itself and nets you three guaranteed stalls is a factor that should be considered a bit more and, and was not something uh, I, I was putting in my brain yet. And yeah. that's, I mean, that's not nothing. That is a, that's yeah. quite a big deal. Four stalls in the round that you need it. Uh, that's, a, I would say, a very reliable way to avoid a leadership stall. Four right. stalls, that's a lot. That's a <laughs> that, lot that's of stall power. Like only a sorrel is going to like defeat you in that, in that leadership stall. So uh, maybe it's barely B tier. Do you want, would you like to see let's, it engine let's to like, B tier? Let's like, mar let's just like mark it and maybe we can come back to it after we like okay. do some more because we still, we still have mostly been C, D, and F tier, and I yeah. just wonder what our how our when we're ever going to get in there. Going to yeah. evolve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up is the Embers of Muwats Nova Seed, a classic example of what feels like a hero. After you move a War Sun into a non-home system other than Mechatol Rex, you may destroy all other players' units in that system and replace that system tile with the Muat Supernova tile if you do purge this card, and each planet card that corresponds to the replaced system tile. This is one of the most definitive Winslay tools in the game. You kill a planet, and that planet could have been in some way worth points for people. You kill an entire fleet without having to do a single combat. You just send your Warson mm -hmm. in and destroy their greatest ship without any work having to be done. Uh, right. You create a supernova for you to sort of camp in that nobody can target you on the board. So in that way, right. we've seen really clever players come up with experimental ways of using Nova Seed as actually a thing that just advantages Muat. Uh, that was certainly the issue for a while was like, how often is Nova Seed doing anything for the Muat player? And I think we're seeing skilled players get better and better at doing that. Um, that said... It doesn't actually, beyond like maybe really interesting positional advantages, it doesn't give the Muat anything they needed to win the game. There's no economic gain necessarily. There's, sure. there's no tangible gain. It all comes down to how smartly can you use it. Yeah, I think I think that it's, it's a little bit challenged on the whole win slay aspect of it because you can't do non, or you can't do a home system, you can't do Mechdal Rex. Yeah. So that's that's a little bit spooky about it. It 
I feel like it never quite get the job done completely, but it always has like a pretty big effect on the game state. Yeah. Which makes it, I think, a little tricky to evaluate. Um, I think it's good because it just allows you to destroy yeah. any old, you know, fleet you see, but it's never the most important one. Yeah. I feel like. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, being able to just destroy anything on tap, I mean, that that's going to be very, very it's effective in a lot of games. What tier are you leaning, Matt? Um, I mean, I would, I kind of feel like this is maybe something that belongs in B tier um, because mm -hmm. I feel like the ceiling is quite high for it. Even if the average usage is not anywhere close to that ceiling, I think right. the ceiling is so high for what you can accomplish with it yeah. that it's pretty good. And so like in the hands of the smartest players out there, we see it do crazy stuff, even if the average usage is just like, yeah, you nuked something, I guess that's fine and whatever. Um, but yeah. like thinking about the idea of what, how most people interpret Nova Seed on the game, like Muat generally has three movement war suns on the board by the time they're ready to use this right they've upgraded their prototype war right. sun 2s to three movement if they were lucky enough to have gravity drive too like the idea that a war sun on the board can move four spaces and just nuke whatever it wants and no questions asked i don't have to do combat it's just after i move it in like that's a huge factor that people have to like think about when they're playing against muat like you have to it's true. Like, be really careful with how you defend stuff so i don't think it's a tier because it's not like necessarily generally like winning them a game but mm -hmm. i think the ceiling is so high for what it's capable of doing b tier feels kind of like right. b tier yeah. yeah it it seems about it it, it's, it seems about on that level yeah uh next up is the emirates of hakan's galactic securities net when one or more of your units use production you may reduce the cost of each of your units to zero during this use of production if you do purge this card. This yeah. is a... Why? Why does Hakan need this ability? Hakan, who is already so monumentally rich, also gets one massive free build per game. It's so that they that everyone can be upset about War Sons for free. That's really it. It's so that Hakan can also be a War Sons faction, yeah. as if they you know n even needed that. Right. Um, but yeah, so Hakan can do War Sons with this hero. Um, I like this hero because you're always even if you don't go War Sons, you're always getting something bogus oh, yeah. out of it. Yeah. The only limit is production capacity. Right. That be beyond that, it's just whatever you want to do. Um. I I like it. I think there's really no arguing against it yep. um, being good. I think it's either A or S tier. Yeah. I would maybe argue for now for A tier. I don't know what's going to end up in S tier. And then maybe yeah. Hakan gets pushed into S tier. But I think we keep it uh, safe for now and say A tier. Because we've, like we've -tier. seen plenty of games where Hakan builds two dreads and a handful of cruisers but they only act like didn't get their war machine right so right. they actually and they never built like a second space dock at home and so they actually have only have four production to do anything with this hero and so it's like okay yeah. i got ten dollars worth of stuff for free when that happens it's it the game state really didn't change at all um yeah but i think i, I do think that's fewer of a thing that doesn't happen as often as like uh oh hakan's hero pop we're in danger but yeah right. a, a tier i think i think we will know when we hit an s tier hero it'll it'll feel different yeah yeah yeah. no you're 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 right you're right okay what's next empyrean's multiverse shift as an action 
place one frontier token in each system that does not contain any planets and does not already have a frontier token, then explore each frontier token that is in a system that contains one or more of your ships. This is something you can always watch for in the mid-game of right. how much. And Empyrean is kind of playing a little push-your-luck game with this, where sometimes they're like, you know, I've got a solid three. I'm just sort of in yeah, three yeah. systems. I could just pop this. Three is a safe bet. Or I could kind of waste some time this round throwing ships right. into random places and go for five or six. Right. Ooh, right. dare I be so bold? <laughs> yeah, and uh, the Frontier deck was recently improved yes. by Codex 3, I would say. Yeah. It's been improved, and also there's more... There's It's harder to get the secrets out there, but sure. for Empyrean, what do they care? They've got this ability yeah. to like really really mill that deck yep. uh, for all it's worth and there's secret draw in there and secret secret draw is very important yep um i i feel like this is a good hero i don't believe that it is like the one of the best in the game yeah but it's it kind of reminds me of our hakan yeah discussion we just had of like there's always value in it you always yep. get something in it and sometimes you get something really good sometimes it's just decent yeah but like most of the time you it's i would say decent to very good is yeah. most of the time the value you yeah. get for this thing yeah i i think it's a solid a tier i the reason i would not put an s tier is because i also do think sometimes it's a trap and you see empyreans go too hard on this thing that isn't gonna yeah. net them any sort of return on that investment they end up spending a bunch of command tokens and time and effort trying to get like seven and then it's like did you need did you need seven pops of this thing no probably right. not so right. i i think it can lead to bad behavior that's a minor knock against it but I, I agree. It's it's a very Hakan kind of thing where it's just like it's always good. It's never yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, it's never bad. It's 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 always good. Okay, next up is Soul. Yeah, Federation of Soul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Helio Command Array is as an action remove each of your command tokens from the game board and return them to your reinforcements. So one huge massive warfare play for Soul. Uh. This is one in commentary in like the tournament stuff. We often, if Soul manages to be in the game or whatever, uh, right. we end up talking about this a lot. And I think we've all come to the agreement that it's like, this is like an undersung, like this is incredible. This is an incredible yeah. hero That's that people like don't talk enough about with Soul. <laughs> yeah, I. it's weird that people, it, it has this weird kind of underdog aspect about uh -huh. it. But this is like really, really insane. <laughs> And very regularly, completely mucks the game up. <laughs> I mean, Soul doesn't. The here's here's what it is. I think I think here's the confusion. Soul is a faction that doesn't really need a win slay ability mm -hmm. because they have so many things that help them be the win from ahead hero. Yeah. So a lot of the times, you'll see a Soul game where okay, Soul's doing well. They have the tempo. And then everyone's figuring out how to win slay them. And this doesn't really help right, them do right. that. I mean, actually, it, it can it a little because it can allow you to activate your home system twice in one round, yeah. which is great. But I think that it, where it really shines is when Soul isn't winning. Mm -hmm. And then now they get to participate in the win slay with this ridiculous ability. Yep. Um, but, you know, so like, I think that causes, like, if this. If this ability belonged to another faction that maybe wasn't as good, we would probably talk about it even more than we do with Soul. Yeah. Because it's like, well, so and so is probably not going to be, you know, if it, if this was like 
I don't know, uh, Barony's ability or Argent's ability, yeah. it would be like, well, okay, so the, well, actually Argent's a bad example because their tempo is normally pretty strong. Um, but Barony, yeah. um, if this was Barony's ability, it would be like, all right, well, Barony is going to use this in round five to kind of claw their way yeah. into a round six or, you know, stop the player from winning ahead of them or whatever. But because it's soul, there are so many games where, all right, well, they're doing well and we need to figure out how to win slay them and this doesn't really factor into that. Right. Um, but is it good? Yeah, it's really good. I mean, if Matt, if you if you you kind of came in hot into this one, and if you want this to be an mm. S tier, I think I'm not going to stop you. I like, think that's it. I think it's our first S tier because people need to pay it the respect it is owed. Um, it think did, about did too, quite well in our tournament yeah, this year as well. Yes. Like it kind of was very, very a very big factor in a For lot of sure. games. It, it also consider whose hands it is in. It's Soul here, Hunter. You gave a good argument there of like why you end up just not seeing it do anything very often because Soul doesn't even need it. But remember too, Soul is a faction that very, very often, if not almost every single game, has two movement carriers with gravity drive. Yeah, right. And right. like plenty of movement, maybe even light wave pretty often right uh, like light wave lots of movement and they definitively get to move a ton of their big fleets twice like those advanced carrier twos are carrying a lot of fires a, a single advanced carrier that's fully loaded can do a lot of damage anywhere yeah. it wants to on the board and so the yeah. idea that all of your carriers get to move somewhere get unlocked i mean they all get to move like six total spaces across the board or whatever you go right. wherever right. you want as soul so we've not even seen like the maximum potential of this in a lot of our games because but it's like if it's a late game control objective like soul can do some stuff keep in mind too we're talking about like the other thing that would limit this is like and i think this is something we said early on in pok is the idea that it's like well you got to have extra you have to have done a bunch of things and then still have more command tokens but it's like okay but we're soul we had a command token surplus with a green skip we can have started with hyper metabolite like we can be swimming in command tokens and that would not be an issue it's so rare that it's an issue uh that you don't get your command tokens back from this hero it would be ridiculous if you th this would be a double s tier if you received the tokens back onto your game board <laughs> kind of thing but it's like even soul doesn't suffer from that problem of like well you got to have the token economy i've been in games too where this had that kind of um soul doesn't even need, need to use it to get some value out of it type stuff where people are like okay i would love to uh, attack soul and and block their point but they're just going to play their hero and then take, yeah. they're going to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like right. it's, got a, it's got a defensive quality to it too, that you can't get right. past sometimes. Yeah. Right. It's gross. It's really gross that this it's really, really gross. good faction they didn't has need it, this. But they do have it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up is the ghost of Creus singularity reactor as an action, swap the positions of any two systems, any two systems that contain yeah. wormholes or your units other than the Creus system and the wormhole nexus. So the stuff off the game right. board, you can't swap right. around. But anything in the hex, in the big hexagon area, can yeah, get yeah, swapped. Yeah. You can move someone's home system adjacent to your own home system if you can get a wormhole or one of your units there. That's one of like the harder tasks. Yeah, um, that's tough. This you one, can do that. I've you can seen it do done, that. So. Um, this one's also uh, my favorite use of this hero. I think a lot of games, this, this is a quintessential... Uh, you can do some crazy wind slaying, but can you do anything for yourself kind of heroes? It's really hard to do something for yourself as ghosts. But 
if one of the objectives is a number of systems on the edge of the game board, that's like what this hero is designed to do is like suddenly put stuff on the edge of the yeah. game board that wasn't there already. Even the, like ghosts can score have five on the edge of the game board. And that's normally an extremely difficult stage two objective. But I've seen ghosts get into the, to the position to score five on the edge of the game board because of this hero. Well, I mean, what's the guaranteed value here? Well, we can move Mechatol Rex to wherever we want. Mm -hmm. That's probably always going to be relevant in every single game. It's right. the most obvious way to use the hero. And I think is really good yeah. on its own. Yeah. You can then from there cook up so many different scenarios where you can use this hero to do something quite difficult. My favorite is using this to rule distant lands is hilarious by just flinging one of your own planets from your slice into someone else's slice and saying, guess what? This is here now, yeah. okay? Yeah. And it's next to your home system, so I have rule distant lands, yeah. okay? Yeah. I was able... Intimidate, uh, uh, or whatever it is, threaten enemies, threaten enemies. Threaten I can enemies just threaten some enemies. That, that's, that, yeah, that's an intense way to, to score threaten enemies. That's quite a threat, yeah. um, I would say. I, I, I just think there there's a lot of use cases for it that are really positive, uh, getting Mechatol Rex to wherever you need it to be so that you can possibly make up for some lost tempo by taking Mechatol Rex yourself yep. is, I think, a pretty solid, like, every time ability. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what tier that... I, it's in the positive for me. Yeah, it's A, a or bit, B. I, it's A or B. It's really hard to call it an A because of how often you can see it as just, like, a not actually a game winner for ghosts um in yeah. reality i think we have really great examples of times where this thing really did well and it's notable but there's plenty of games where it's like okay fine and, and what's the worst thing that happens with this hero is the table forces you to use it on something else that doesn't help you at all but it's like but you have to or else the game's over blah right, blah blah right. like that's always the worst that happens to muat too um i, I mean i it, there's maybe an argument of why it belongs with Nova Seed because they're just incredibly similar heroes in their effect. Um, hmm. I think, I think Ghosts is better. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm way more A tier mm -hmm. than B tier, but I see what you're saying, and and there is a lot of like in the reality of using this, like. It, it, it is maybe a little more finicky than the Hakan hero that we put uh -huh. in A tier and the Empyrean hero that we put in A tier. Yeah. Um, you always get something from it, but yeah, I mean, is it on that level of Hakan and Empyrean? I don't know. I think I, think I can uh, put it in B tier and feel yeah. okay with that. Yeah. If, if it's in B tier, it's like, it kind of feels like top of it. It's like a, it's a good B tier, right? If we're, if we're getting right. into that minutia. Top of B. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Uh, next one is the L1Z1X MindNet's Dark Space Navigation. As an action, choose one system that does not contain another player's ships. You may move your flagship and any number of your dreadnoughts from other systems into the chosen system. This, of course... Uh, at a certain point in POK's history had to have the specific ruling that that flagship yeah. and those dreadnoughts can take stuff with them. They can take fighters and infantry. Well, if they're activated if they're, already. Yeah. yeah. If, 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 you've, if you are able to move the stuff, this will allow you to move that stuff, um, which then means you can park a big, scary, terrifying L1Z1X fleet um, wherever on the board has this qualification, which generally there's usually somewhere that this is useful, right? There's usually one right. system that's empty and where you need it to be, it feels like. I feel like this comes up every game. Yeah, yeah, it, it always comes up. Uh, it is uh, a pretty 
solid Winslay uh, hero, yeah. I think it pretty much can always either get you uh, a, a very difficult point or take someone out of the game, um, especially if you have a, the full-on L1 fleet. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I think it's one of the best heroes in the game. Yes. Yeah, because again, too, the it's a stall and it's moving stuff into an unactivated system. You can put right. it like you're going to use that stuff again. It's it's very similar to Soul's hero in that regard of like if I'm doing it right, I'm doing like a huge major play with it in the final round. Yeah, it's it's an S tier for sure. Um, right All up right. there with Soul. Um, let's yeah. let's pause here. We're about halfway through. Let's take a quick little break and then we'll just come back and keep at it. Okay, we are back. Hunter, I want to take stock here. We've got we've got a handful of factions here on the list. How do we feel so far? Should we make any moves? Should we consolidate? Does everything feel good? Let's just lead the, let's just let, let the li listener I, in. You like it? I like it. Yeah. I actually think the S A B C D F tier has worked out. Wow. Okay. Like actually for once the regular <laughs> the, tier the classic actually, styling. <laughs> yeah, it it actually makes sense cuz I think we have enough things to categorize. Yeah. It's not too many and it's not too little yeah. where each of these tiers is going to have like a handful of members, right, you know, right. and I think that's that's what you want to see. For sure. Yeah. So just to go back over it real quick here. Our S tier is Soul and L1 Z1X's heroes. Our A tier is Hakan and Empyreans, kind of old, reliable, but not always great. B tier is Ghost, Sar, and Muat, all three heroes with pretty high ceilings, but plenty of games where you see them maybe not accomplish anything. C tier is two of the Calaris heroes, the Mentak and the Argent Calaris heroes, and Argent's hero themselves. All three are like, yeah, I've seen it do something, but I don't know. It's not pretty, it's not necessarily reliable value. D tier is our Arborek and Barony, which is like kind of a, what am I supposed to do with this uh, tier right. is what we've built. Right. Is like, I, I, maybe I can cook up a way this has some sort of value, but I ain't never seen it happen. I ain't never seen nobody do it. And then our right. F tier stands alone is the Calaris Extra Hero, which is just sort of, is it actually value of any kind? It's so easy for everybody to get aside. I don't know. We'll see if the Calaris in F tier sticks or not. Maybe it will. I, again, I got one other that I think belongs there. Let's go on to our next one. It's the Mahawked Gene Sorcerer's Benediction as an action move all units in the space area of any system to an adjacent system that contains a different player's ships. Space combat is resolved in that system. Neither player can retreat or resolve abilities that would move their ships. This yeah. is a hero that we all talk about in the late game. Everybody yeah, becomes yeah. a part of the Benediction. The table wants Benediction to get used to their benefit. Mahawked desperately wants to use Benediction in a way that benefits themselves however they possibly can. But one thing's for sure, Benediction is doing something noteworthy on the board. Yeah, and I feel like so like from from when POK first came out, um we, you know, did uh, a lot of research on, on Mahakt and we came down uh, kind of hard on Mahakt yeah. as if they were not a very good faction. Um, I think time has proved us wrong mm -hmm. uh, and that Mahakt actually is uh, quite good. Well, and you can look uh, at the tournament numbers from, from year to year and see that yeah. change. It's not just yeah. we were wrong. It's like 
there were people that were clued into like sort of the upward limit of Mahakt. But like in tournament one, I mean, in tournament three, I should say, in the first POK tournament, we saw a right. bunch of Mahawks get taken advantage of. That was the right. story of Mahawk is like, yeah, right. you don't get to use your benediction for yourself ever because the table always convinces you to do it for something you didn't want to do. That happened yep. in almost every Mahawk game. And then Mahawk never won in tournament three. In right. tournament four, Mahawk came out like gangbusters, was the second winningest faction of all yep. of the factions over the course of the entire tournament. People uh -huh. have learned to stop listening to all those jerks sitting across from you. We have all gotten better about being like, no, I'll tank this game. I don't care. I'm right. using my abilities for myself. And when Mahawk sticks to that, Benediction's a really, 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 it's really good, good ability. <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, it... What I love about it is that it's so unlimited in its scope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, we, we're just moving from one system to an adjacent system. It's anybody's ships. It could be your ships. It could yep. be, you can use this as a light warfare. Uh, you can use this, or it's not even a light warfare. Actually, it's quite a heavy warfare, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Because we're, we could potentially move out of a system that we've already activated into a system we haven't mm -hmm. fight there win that fight and then move again yep. like it, it's it's a lot you can do with benediction you can use it to win slay in so many different ways yep um in conjunction so it's it's good when you're up it's good when you're down yes uh it's benediction i i don't honestly it's the best hero in the game Whoa! Okay. i think it's the best hero in the entire <laughs> game here's here's why it combines the the I think the two most important every hero is either ooh I get a cookie yeah. or let me hurt my my friends yeah benediction is the perfect synthesis yeah. of yeah. both of those ideas yeah like I, no uh, other hero can I think of I feel like fully has one foot planted in both of those potential yeah. identities yeah. I, I won't be quite so bold, but I'll easily put it in S tier. I can't come up with a reason why it would be A tier. That's absurd. Uh, it yeah. is a definitive S tier for me. I got a couple other heroes in my head that are maybe uh, I prefer to Benediction, but also I'm less of a clever player. I think the clever people get to do way more with Benediction than I I, I ever pull off. So I like the classically... That's not true, Matt. Classically, Don't sell yourself short. Okay? I just like I'm the classically old reliable heroes. That's all I'm saying. I'm not taking this negative self-talk here, uh, Matt. <laughs> you are a creative player. You are the most important Twilight Imperium player of all time. <laughs> and we all gross. sit in your shadow. Uh -huh, sure. Uh, okay. Let's talk about Mentax Sleeper Cell. At the start of a space combat that you are participating in, you may purge this card if you do for each other player's ships that is destroyed during this combat. Place one ship of that type from your reinforcements in the active system. The way we yeah. have seen this play out is this is more or less a guaranteed win for Mentak whenever they need it. Yeah. Which, similar to, uh, what was it? The... Who's who's who, what's the other hero we just talked about where it was like you can you you it's, it's defensive because of its potential um, that that we we always have it reliably like in our pocket. You know, we are made better because people realize they can't. Oh, do anything. we were talking about Argent. Helio Commander. Rare. Yes. No, right. no, no, no. Overwing Zeta. Calera's Argent thing. Um, oh, sure. The defensive yeah, yeah. potential of that. This is that. But even more, like way better, because you can just you can get a lot of value out of this. If if Barony comes barreling at you with a bunch of dreadnoughts, you suddenly right. start spawning a bunch of dreadnoughts. Like you you can pull off so many things with Sleeper Cell. It's, it's hard to use 
offensively in a way that like really really breaks the bank you obviously like you guarantee win a fight so like you can send some yeah. crazy stuff and like definitively like make sure you take that home system or whatever it is yeah so it's pretty yeah. good but i've definitely seen it better as a i'm gonna hold on to this and not use it so that it's always there so that nobody attacks my stuff because they know they cannot win a fight against me right it allows me to defend my home system uh easily um as mentac i i it's quite good i'm i'm leaning a or s honestly yeah. for mentax hero i don't know if it's on that s tier level because mm -hmm. it feels kind of capped in that it, it just seems like better defensively than yes. it is offensively well and it's truly a one and done kind of thing which is that like the instance in which sleeper cell is useful is obvious when it happens and you have to use it then the difference between these S tier heroes, Mahawk, Soul, L1, is you can kind of devise an entire strategy around them, and yeah. you still have open possibilities even from there. It's true. You can reroute your plan based on the other goings-ons at the table and be like, oh, let me, actually, I'm going to kind of use it this way. I thought I was going to, whereas Mentech, it's like, no, 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 it's for the combat. And that, like that's it. It's not unlocking. I mean, the, the clearly, the thing that makes an S tier uh, hero is unlocked stuff <laughs> right my right. soul and l1 are all well i have the absolute most potential because i get to build a bunch of unlocked stuff or i mean move a bunch of unlocked stuff um mm -hmm. mentax is not that but it's still really great i mean it is absolutely we've seen it be um under sold we've seen people think it's not going to be as big of a deal or forget it was there in tournament games and attacks right. uh, attack mentac and be completely decimated in a fight they really truly thought that they had the numbers on but like yep. Sleeper Cell, you just can't beat when it matters. Yeah, it's it's quite good. I think A tier is exactly where it belongs. All right, what's up next? We got the Nalu Collective's C Radium Geometry. Uh, <laughs> recently, Nalu's uh, suite kind of evolved, but this is the one thing that remained constant. This was apparently, this works. This is not a thing that needed to change about Nalu, and it is at the end of the status phase. You may force each other player to give you one promissory note from their hand if you do purge this card. Uh, we just recently had a promissory note episode where we kind of said, I don't know how I feel about most of these, uh, and especially like in the idea that abilities force you to give promissory notes, it's really easy to give the bad ones away. So right. I don't know. What's your vibe? F tier. Ooh. I think it belongs in the trash. Cool. It is not good. I don't think that there's, I've, I don't think I have ever seen it do well. Um, it just isn't. It, and the other, you know what I hate about it actually is that this is, this is a hero where you really don't get anything. And it's not a stall. Exactly. It's literally That's happening in the say. status phase. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even getting the stall value yeah. that would at least be worth something. Yeah. But no. Nah, this it's, is it's it's hard to get anything out of this. This is a rare case of this was like a properly balanced hero. And so many of the heroes aren't properly balanced, but it's like Nalu is an incredibly good late game power uh, with that zero token. Right. Which is why they don't need a killer hero. But right. I mean, thank goodness. Other things about them got improved to POK standards because Nalu was kind of sitting in the toilet for a while. Now they have this agent that, my God, <laughs> we don't know what. Yeah, that's it. The sky's the good. limit for what Nalu is capable yeah, of. Yeah. But the hero never needed to contribute to that. So Nalu, despite having an F tier hero, still a great, great faction. Uh, so I guess that's all the better for it. If Nalu had a killer hero, it would be a terrifying world we live in. 
I think um, just to get into a little strategy talk on it, I think you got to just use it the second you can. Oh, yeah. The first, the first time you because what you want is because of the bad stuff you can end up with, um, trade agreements become the go-to to give away in the late game right. when they don't matter anymore. Right. So the earlier you do it, if we take trade agreements off the table, because nobody wants to do those because it's like too early in the game, mm-hmm. then they might give you political secrets, which is not great. But if you get, if, if multiple, it can be good if multiple people have decided that's what to give you, or you end up with an alliance or a, a maybe sort of good commander, but not great. Yeah. Which honestly, for this hero, that's good value. Yeah, that'll like, do. If you wait until round four, they're all just giving you your trade agreements. And that and that right. ain't that's gonna be nothing. Right. That's nothing. Thank goodness Nalu's new agent means they actually score round one an okay amount. Because before yeah. that was the problem is Nalu doesn't even score round one, which means right. unlocking this hero round three is actually extraordinarily difficult. Yeah. It yeah. was a pretty reliable round four thing. So this hero definitely got better because of the agent. It is now something you can do round three, and you absolutely should. I agree. Yeah. Uh, next up yeah. is the Nas Roca Alliance's perfect synthesis as an action. Gain one relic and perform the secondary ability of up to two readied or unchosen strategy cards. During this action, spend command tokens from your reinforcements instead of your strategy pool. So again, it's just the secondaries. You're not doing any Mechatol Rex shenanigans with Imperial. Uh, right. But you can draw a secret. You can get some action cards if you want them. What are the most common things? Uh, you see, a, a build a build off a of warfare is pretty build handy off here. Warfare. Uh, yeah, secret objectives, uh, tech if necessary. Yeah. Like it's it's a way for Nasroka to to get tech done if it's one of those situations where uh oh we're in round five nobody wants to take tech but there's a tech objective out there uh oh yeah. Nasroka can just get tech anyways right doesn't really matter gaining the relic is huge because Nasroka really at this point I feel like we've kind of coalesced into this. Nasroka is milling yes. the relic deck because you really can go through the whole deck. Right. And this is what helps you accomplish that. So maybe in the abstract, it doesn't sound like that big of a deal. And I'm the guy that doesn't like relics. I was about to say, I'm, I'm really surprised to hear you say this, but I'm glad to right. hear you say it because it, I, right. I think it is true. We've seen the Nasroka game shift around the idea. I, and I'm also the person who proposes, actually, I want to do all the command tokens, but we've seen way too many, like, very noteworthy Nasroka games where it's because they just dug and dug and dug and got crown yep. and got shard and and yep. that's that's what it took. So yeah, I think that that relic draw is pretty important. Um, and I think across the board, this is a pretty good hero. My eye leans a little bit towards A or B. It's hard for me to know if this is always getting the same kind of value as like Empyrean's hero. I am a little more. S or A, which Ooh, I think okay. means we should just put it in A. Yeah. Um, I think it's S. I think it could be S tier because, uh, like compared to Hakan, Empyrean, and Mentak, what you're getting with this hero is always something. Like it's not necessarily in the in the use of this hero you're gonna get the thing that wins you the game. Uh-huh. But it's 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 game winning potential. Yeah. Like every time. Yeah. It, I would th- say the big thing with it for me is the idea that it's really hard to come back from the sort of gated tempo centric mechanics, tech structures, secret objectives. Those things are like, you only get so many of those per round. And the idea that Nasroka has this thing where it's like, I definitely can get more of that stuff 
is right. really, really nice. Hakans, the reason Hakans is just an A tier, like whatever, is like, eh, it's just units that don't always do, you don't always do stuff with units, but it's like some more tech or more secrets or more structures, all of those things. And the fact that it's very wide open for me makes yep. that pretty good. I would still say it's it doesn't feel S to me because of how how much rolling the dice That's you're fair. still doing with all of that. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll firmly feel A about it. That, that seems good. Cool. Cool. Uh, next All right. up is the Necrovirus's polymorphic algorithm as an action. This is, by the way, this is the longest, this is the most text on a hero in the game. Here we go. As an action, choose a planet that has a technology specialty in a system that contains your units. Destroy any other player's units on that planet. Gain trade goods equal to that planet's combined resource and influence values and gain one technology that matches the specialty of that planet then purge this yep. card so many yep. things all happening at once here uh kill a bunch of infantry that's certainly can have its uses i've never used that yeah i've never seen it used <laughs> for that way it's um, so hard I've to get your units seen it it's it's yeah. so hard to get your ships where they need to be to do that because really because yeah. then it's just like tactical bombardment right like it's well right. i already went there and then i'm using this no i need to have done it last round for me to then kill the infantry to then take the planet. That's certainly the least useful part. Obviously, um, I think people's preferred method for this is um, getting it on a blue tech planet and right. getting light and getting wave. Light wave. Um, yep. What's handy though too is there's plenty of games where light wave is a popular tech and Necro can do that and then go for something different. Can go for uh, an assault cannon or something. Or integrated economy. Integrated economy. Even. The rare. You know if, you, if you can get this hero unlocked early, you can maybe get an early enough uh, integrated economy to be relevant to the game, which is quite rare. Right. Um, trade goods, fine. Uh, you also get an action card from the commander whenever you gain the tech, which uh -huh. I'm willing to factor in. Sure. Um, I. It's tough to talk about this one because I am actually gonna say that I think this is an S-tier hero <laughs> because the idea that Necro is always guaranteed Lightwave, lightwave yeah. basically... <laughs> Lightwave is an S tier tech. Yeah. So if Lightwave is an S tier tech, and we're basically saying Necro, the faction that everyone at this table would love to keep Lightwave out of their hands, has a workaround that the rest of the table is like, oh, we're gonna do everything we can to make sure yeah. Necro doesn't get it, and Necro's like, no, nah, I'm I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Like that is so much implied value to Necro's game that I feel like if you took it away, you would be surprised by how much worse they would get. Yeah. Mmm. That's a fun I've seen people argument. be like, I've seen people be like, uh, oh, dude, don't, don't research Lightwave because Necro's just going to pick that up and then they'll be like, I'm going to research it anyways because they're just going to get it off their right. hero. Right. And now they can use that hero for something else. Yeah. And you know, they like, still get it, double back. Like, the table's just both. making up reasons to give Necro Lightwave. That's how good <laughs> this hero is. Like, that's really funny. Um, that's, that's my logic. I, I understand if, if, if you disagree, I completely get it. I'm I'm looking at upcoming stuff. I, I'm thinking, I'm doing a dumb meta play right now, which is like how many things are going to end up in S tier. And I don't want to overly bloat S tier. But I think that's a decision we can come to later. And maybe we drop some things out of S tier later. I want you to have this because I don't care okay. that much. To me, it's probably more A tier. But I think you make a fun, compelling argument. Um, but maybe we'll talk about Necro later. Once, if if we have like six or seven factions in S tier, I'm gonna feel weird about it. 
Um, I actually don't really feel like I ha- there's that many left that I think are S. I got so I got like two. I got like two. I think in my in my mind. Okay. but we'll see. All right. Next up is the Nomads probability probability matrix. As an action, place this card near the game board. Your flagship and units it transports can move out of systems that contain your command tokens during this game round. I feel like yep. year one of Prophecy of Kings. This was the hot item. I felt like I saw so yeah. many hero parades that were such a big deal. Yeah. Has has the community learned how to defend against hero parades better, or have hero parades gotten worse to you? I feel like I don't see them as big of a deal anymore. No, it's 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 a cool part of the Nomad kit, but it's not why the Nomad is so effective. Yeah, I think what's happened is that Nomad play in general has gotten a little like it's it was hard to tell which heroes were like the massive windslay things mm-hmm. and which ones weren't. And the the nomad hero is more useful for doing like a interesting hail mary or yeah. like scoring a difficult point. Yeah. Than it is. Well, th- you're just going to use this to stomp around. Right. That nomad flagship is good, but it it ain't it ain't that good. Right. Um. I I think you always get something out of this. So yes. like I'm leaning like A or B tier. I think B tier is maybe a little too low for I it. I do too. Yeah. I I think A makes sense because the ceiling of this flagship is qu- is similar to so many of our other things i mean our beats your stuff is high ceilings but i think nomads is i have definitely seen the nomad hero parade do way more than the ghosts hero um yeah. so yeah i i think it's a firm a tier i think there's plenty of games where i just don't really see it do what i wanted it to do even though it follows that logic of most of these other st heroes of like i get to move stuff i otherwise couldn't it being really just the flagship definitely limits the scope of what is capable with that because it's so often it's right. like nah the flagship's just tromping around on really weakly defended areas of the board that maybe aren't even as big of a critical factor to their game or whatever so yeah i think I, that's fair a, I, a I tier feels sense. good uh, okay. next up is the sardak nor's teklar conditioning after you move ships into the active system you may skip directly to commit ground forces step if you do after you commit ground forces to land on planets purge this card and return each of your ships in the active system to your reinforcements this is a very cool hero and it actually synergizes with sardak's commander because you can if you've got the positioning you can send extra stuff in after you've dedicated this fight so you can just like guaranteed target a system uh what we've sort of had to take into effect recently is uh, a single parlay <laughs> completely negates this entire hero. Uh, and kills all of the units. And kills every unit that you had. Everything gets sent into space where the ships no longer are. And so you just yep. actually nuked your own fleet. That's a really small factor, right? That's one action card. But I don't know. seems to come up <laughs> kind of more often than I would expect it to. Uh, yeah, it can be rough in that way. And not only that, but, uh, you know, it, it lost the power of being able to get through ceasefire. That was a thing for for a day uh, that, that you could do with it. I think it's still a really cool hero and um, can be quite good for wind slaying. I don't know how often it, like, saves Sardak's game, though. I think there's plenty often games where it's just like, yeah, I could do this hero at some point. I don't know if it's going to really... I don't know if it's going to come up this time, but I've seen the games where it, it it does something, but it's usually more just to knock someone down a peg, right? This is like one of the ultimate home system takers because you can just ignore anybody with more than one planet in their home system. It's more oh, or less guaranteed yeah. that Sardak they're is getting one. Yeah, they're done. You're getting one yeah. of those. It also makes it so that Sardak is like kind of definitively a carrier two faction, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, good guidance. Um, I lo- uh, obviously I love Sardak. 
Yeah. Big, big Sardak fan. And I have, I've seen this win slay. I've seen this not win slay. I've seen this get uh, Sardak Mechatol Rex. Um, I think you could make an argument for S tier. The problem is it's in Sardak's hands. Yeah. And Sardak has its own difficulties. Right. So I personally am leaning A. Okay. I know I'm supposed to be the Sardak guy, but I'm really kind of messing up. I think in that A. Way. I think A sounds good. S S would have felt a bit bold to me. A tier's getting a little a little chunky there. We'll see. We have got a few more factions. Uh, next up is Titan's Geoform as an action. Ready Elysium and attach this card to it. Its resources and influence are increased by three, and it gains Space Cannon five times three ability as if it were a unit. Um, this, of course, gets really fun combo potential because you do ready that planet, which means you can spend the 4-4 four, four, or 4-1. Four, what is it? It's a 4-1, and then you turn it into a 7-4, um, which yeah. means you, you can get, like, $11 worth of value out of this. If a Diplo or anything else that readies cards is out there, you can get another right. 7 that round. It's really cute in that way. So it's a lot of monetary gain, although, like everything with Titans, there's sort of a mechanical, like, well, it has to be this and then this and then this order of operations for that maximum right. value to be met. So in that way, I think it's pretty good, like reliable value i don't know how often it's like actually like a game changer for titans beyond like the resource objective being the stage two right like oh 16 resources i made my thing three more like that's great but it's not a it's not helping me accomplish any objectives i wasn't gonna accomplish already yeah honestly so it does help a little bit with like titans has like a token problem and this is yeah. nice that it's giving us some more influence yeah um it you know it's it's a hero so we have to get it unlocked uh, before we get this value, it's nice that it allows you to to ready Elysium, so you can like double spend. That's nice. Um, the space cannon, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, no, it's not. It's not a big deal. Um, I'm kind of like C or B t or a D tier. That is. Ooh, C or D. Um, okay. I I'm, was. I'm, pre I'm pretty like. I don't feel like this actually does much most of the time. Yeah. It's nice to have. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But I just. I just don't think it really matters. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, because realistically, it's like seven bucks that round, but then any future round, it's just the three more dollars than you would have had per round. So, like, yep. it's worth 10 to 13 dollars maybe uh, across the game because you're getting it maybe, maybe around three, maybe not even then. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go C tier. Um, yeah. D feels a bit much for me because yeah yeah it's not it's not bad it's the, just not it's not really changing the game state yeah. in the, a the other factor that I think is worth at least mentioning is just the idea that how much it boosts Titan's home system production capacity the idea right. that you go up to nine that part can be pretty useful in the mid to late game of like oh I really right. need to chunk out a bunch of fighters now or whatever um, I I think that part's pretty good so that's the that's the only reason I don't want it to go into D tier but I I think C tier feels pretty decent for this i feel like this oh. is gonna my 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 spidey sense just tingled and i feel like there's titans stands out there that are freaking out and thought that it was an a, a or b tier yeah i know Get us. i'm Get ready us. for the fight uh next up is jolnar the universities of jolnar's genetic memory as an action for each non-unit upgrade technology you own you may replace that technology with any technology of the same color from the deck uh yeah so you get to swap out some old stuff. For me, this is what defines how much fun I have as Jolnar. This is a fun little puzzle that I love doing. Right. 
I don't think it's made or broken <laughs> almost any of my Jolnar games. It's really right. great that you can like swap into a light wave when you otherwise weren't going to get it or whatever. You know, you can throw out anti-mass deflectors when you don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do stuff like get rid of Sarween tools and get yourself transit diodes to make some moves there or whatever. Right. Um, right. But generally speaking, this is a thing that happens for Jolnar as a stall in a later round. Um, usually you're getting almost nothing for it. Jolnar doesn't need it either. Jolnar is such a solid faction across the board. They got a lackluster hero. I'm pretty happy with this one to fall fairly low. I think it's either like a B or C tier yeah. um, type to me. Uh, I think because we put Titans in C tier, I want to also put this Jolnar thing in C, in C tier. Yeah. But maybe actually we should bump Titans up to B tier and put this in C. Because I feel like this is worse than Titans thing. Yeah. So it feels weird to put it in the same tier. So maybe maybe I'm kind of changing my opinion a little bit on the okay. Titans thing. And maybe B makes more sense for that. And yeah. then this can go in C actually. Okay, that I mean that feels good to me. Uh, this going into C tier. Here's the biggest thing for me is what stinks about this uh, is that it's replacing the same color, which means you never make progress on the two and four colors. Which right, Jolnar usually makes a point to lock up. But imagine yeah. what you could be capable of if you didn't have to focus on that, but then could reroute into it. Like that would make this a, a significantly better thing. The idea that you're just kind of swapping the same color for the thing means it, it really effectively does very, very little in most games. But yeah, I like bumping Titans up to B tier for now too. I think that's, I think that's good. There's, if you use the Titans hero, right, that economic factor can, can do something for you. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's like, it's, it's like I almost feel like our B tier is like, like you're getting something. It's yeah. just not the best, right? Um, whereas C tier is sort of like, yeah, I don't know. You got something. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, Who yeah, cares? Like, yeah. Titans Geoform doesn't feel like it m- meshes with that vibe of just like, yeah. But what did this even do? Next up is Vulwraith Cabal's Dimensional Anchor. It's an action for each. Uh, each other player rolls a die for each of his non-fighter ships that are in or adjacent to a system that contains a dimensional tear. On a 1-3, to three, capture that unit. If this causes a player's ground forces or fighters to be removed, also capture those units. Um, this is a stall, and that's about all it has going for it, for me. Uh, it sucks. It's so bad. Throw it in the F tier. Get it out of my office. Absolutely. This belongs in that. This is the one I was thinking of earlier. This is the definitive F tier hero to me. I'm so sick of listening to people talk about it as though there's wishful thinking and light at the end of the tunnel for this hero. If you get a good hero pop off, that's so fun and so good for you. It's too bad it's probably too late, right? It's too bad it's in round four when it's too late to build any of those units for them to then do something anyways. Mm -hmm. So even in mm-hmm. when it rolls hot, you get very little out of it. This is just a nothing right. burger hero, and right. it's the it definition sucks. of one. Uh, next up is the Winu's Imperial Seal. As an action, perform the primary ability of any strategy card, then choose any number of other players. Those players may perform the secondary ability of that strategy card, something I still never see happen. Uh, I know it can, yep. yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. not even the hardest thing to sell, but the big problem with that aspect of it is Winu is almost always using it on imperial and you don't need to let other people just go draw on secret objectives sure. that ain't, no, no, that no, ain't no, where you at in their game if it were if you were using it reliably on other stuff i could maybe see the argument why you let people get away with some stuff if they pay you enough but uh because it's always on imperial uh-uh. and because it's always used on imperial 
This is incredibly good, and if anything, I would say if we chose to talk about these heroes in a vacuum, this would be de facto the best hero in the game. It's only exactly because it's in Winu's hands that it's like, yeah. well, Winu sucks, so sometimes you don't get away with as much, but... How do we feel about Winu these days? Because I, I like... Like, yeah, you're right. If this was an abstract conversation, we were not considering all the other factors, this would be S tier with a bullet. Yeah. I don't feel that way. No. And I feel like Winu has just been like kind of having a bad year. Yeah. Um, it, when POK came out, it was just like such a relief that they had new tricks and stuff. But now every time I'm in a game with a Winu, somebody's just like, nah, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. Like it's like everyone got stomped by Winu in the first year and now nobody wants to do that anymore. Right. right. So you just see people play against Winu, and whenever you decide to play against Winu, you win. Yeah. They, they lose. Right. Like the, right. It's so reliable these the, days. The aspect of Imperial Seal that is kind of always good is the fact that Winu can take Mechatol Rex if they want it. If they really care, they can take Mechatol Rex, which means they can get the bonus point, right? Imperial Seal is very often worth a bonus point if Winu cares. It's that other stuff that doesn't matter. And the big problem with Winu is bonus points very often aren't enough because if you can't score three of the stage one public objectives, mm -hmm. then tough, you're out. And it's just incredibly easy to block Winu from all of those public objectives. So for me, it's like worth the bonus point is pretty good. But yeah, so often you see this hero pop and they score no public objectives off of it. They, they you know, they mm -hmm. just get that bonus or, point and that gets them to five points or something. I've been, I've been, like I've been having too many games where it's they don't even get to Mechatol Rex though. Like yeah. that's the thing is yeah. I've, I've been playing too many games where people are really tough. They, on they're them. thwarted. Yeah. Like and and they never actually even get to that point. So if if at that point the best they can do and this isn't nothing. Obviously this is pretty okay. Like you can use it and then take the speaker token. Yeah. But taking having speaker tempo is only really works or having good speaker position only really works if you have good point tempo already. Right. So that's kind of nothing. I I I don't know. I I've not been too hot on Winu for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um. I think they are too easily thwarted. I do not know where to put this hero as a result though, because it has this problem of being abstractly very good. Yeah. But I've just seen it underperform so much. Right. I to that end though, we have of course seen the games where it does in fact win Winu the game, and because of that. I, I can't imagine putting it in B tier is the problem because it's like, okay, it can hit so dev. I mean, it, it can really so be the game C changer. Tier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking low. I think it yeah, sucks. I think Winu sucks. I think Winu sucks. sucks. And I think this is the only thing potentially holding to them together sometimes. And in that yeah. way, that's kind of why I think it's a tier is it's like, if that's they, fine. if they didn't have this tool, they'd literally be dead in the water. It would be over for them. There's nothing yeah. else good about the faction, but at least okay. they have this basically. Cool. Cool. All, All right. right. The Extra Kingdom just recently changed their thing. Hunter, you've been playing a lot of Extra recently. The new political yep. data nexus is now uh, basically a new commander because there's no purge. When you exhaust planets, combine the values of their resources and influence. Treat the combined value as if it were both resources and influence. We have an Extra guide like right around the corner. We've been researching Extra and stuff. So without maybe spoiling it too much, or maybe we can spoil it, Hunter, how good is this hero? It is as good. It it, it redefines Extra yes. as being a completely different kind of faction than yeah. they used to be. Yeah. 
So in that way, it's like really kind of hard to evaluate, right? Like, <laughs> We're in the early days of this new faction, basically. Yeah. So like in the abstract, it's S tier. Yeah. Because it's just so crazy good. Right. But it's putting extra in a very strange place. Uh, and it has made the guide pretty hard to, to, to think about. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's very, very good. Yeah. It is very, very good. It's in the hands of a faction that don't necessarily have all of the things they need to do with that money. It's really hard to know exactly what to do with all this new money you've gained. It's a lot of money, though. Boy, howdy. Oh, no, I would not agree that that is the problem at all. It's, it's, oh, my God, it's so easy to spend that money. Oh, sure. Well, you spend... You're throwing that money around. It's you're getting yeah. all your command counters out of the bag. Yes. What, what I mean is sheet. turning that into actionable things that you can take that have a purpose because it's hard for extra to get movement tech. Sometimes you, you would have to maybe focus on that, but then getting the most value out of all of this money. Like it's sounding like the new pathway is maybe war sons. Now it's great that war sons come with some movement of their own. That's uh, that's maybe necessary <laughs> for any of this to, to work out. Um, so it sounds like you don't necessarily want to put it in S tier, though. I don't. I I don't really know, Matt. I think you got to weigh in on this one. I I, I, I I don't have it. I don't have it. I I'm still like letting this yeah. settle in my brain, and so I am at a point where I cannot evaluate yeah. it. It truly terrifies me how I've seen it contribute to Xtra's command token game. Xtra just will never ever have command token problems in the late game. It's impossible for them to have command token problems. Um, right. The really the whole thing with this uh, hero is the idea that Xtra has to unlock it round three. Otherwise it really is kind of not it, it. all of this money is coming in too slow too late to have like a proper effect on your game. If you all I see anybody talk about is if you get this round four it's really not nearly as big of a deal as it is getting it in round three. No, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you have to have time to use it. Yeah. Um, I feel like everyone, <laughs> the one thing I'm seeing people say over and over is like, yeah, I unlocked it round two. I was able to get it unlocked Whoa. round two. And that's so cool uh, that y'all are all so cool or whatever. <laughs> I have not been able to unlock it round two that's yet. That's insane. I'm gonna keep trying. Yeah. But right now I'm starting to feel gaslit by the community. <laughs> I think you're all lying to me, all these people yeah. saying you're unlocking it round two, well, easy peasy. It's that thing where you're playing with people that want to see how high Xcha can fly. So it's like, let's engineer a scenario where Xcha un- gets the points necessary to score round two. Yeah, that that seems extraordinarily difficult. Um, I the only the, This is a dumb thing, that the only reason I don't want to put it into A tier is because of how bloated A tier has gotten. But well, maybe we can fix that. Exactly. I'm saying let's put it in A tier, but then let's finish these last two factions and then let's clean up some stuff. But I think right. I don't think it's fair enough to put this hero in S tier because your game can go wrong and this hero won't save you. Yeah. At the end of fair. the day. So All right. uh, to that end, A tier. Next up is the Yin Brotherhood's Quantum Dissemination, which is also an Omega tech. The new Yin hero is as an action, commit up to three infantry from your reinforcements to any non-home planet and resolve invasions on those planets. Players cannot use space cannon against these units. Um, there is actually, 
there should be, by the time this episode is out, there should be updates to the Dane FAQ document, which is not the living rules reference, but it's the closest we are getting right now. And one of the big issues with Yin recently has been a ton of questions about like exactly how this hero works. And the new thing about this hero is to rethink, it's not necessarily resolving invasions, it's more like resolving ground combats. Uh, you're, you're kind of skipping to the commit ground forces step, a la the Sardak hero. And that has a few... Uh, effects on things like bombardment and whatnot Mm -hmm. so with that in mind with this just being like here are three combats of which you have three total infantry to use uh, i think what we found and what we talked about in the recent yin guide is the idea that it's like this can have a great use but you're not really using it on three different planets that's not going to quite work out unless you're willing to spend a ton of money on uh your your other abilities your your indoctrination and and using indoctrination on mechs and stuff but it's just like it's so easy to sort of combat this for other players that I don't think it's early days, but I don't think we've seen it hit as hard as it can hit, to, which to me, like I'm feeling kind of like a, a C or even dare I say D tier for this Yin hero. Dang, you're really negative on this one. I just don't. Um, I, I, I it's, it's, it's rough out there, I feel like. I feel like it's really hard to get into the situations where this really changes your favor. As a Winslay tool, it's ridiculous, but... How much is it offering to Yin themselves? I don't know if I love it as a Winslay tool because it does help you. I mean, yeah, you can take Mechatol with it. Yeah. That's about it. Because um, you can't do home system planets, so right. it, it doesn't really help you take a player out of the game. It's really more useful for scoring hard to do yeah. control objectives, but if those don't come out, yeah, then you don't really get anything for it, huh? Um, I, I would let it go D tier. I don't feel strongly enough about it to were you what were you feeling were you feeling b or c i was feeling b i was definitely feeling b i was well, kind of thinking like textbook b yeah i mean because I because it's like it can get you stuff yeah yeah it definitely can and and notable stuff too right i mean some planets that you maybe desperately need the the other stuff too that i forget about and and the things i've seen in game and that i was just neglecting is like the objectives that are extra you know i i don't see this very often getting yin like six of a trait right because that's extraordinary you need to already have quite a few and then get this but like right. i've seen this accomplish edge of the game board stuff right because all you have to do is like share yeah, for sure or, or the share a system secret like there's a bunch of things that are much smaller in scope that this can help you score that i i shouldn't think about but is it getting you 11 non-home planets no so yeah, but- it sucks that's not fair to put on this hero I'm actually leaning C the more I think about it because okay. it's like those objectives have to come out. Right. Otherwise, this basically yeah. does. I, I think C is right. I think meeting in the middle there is, is where it belongs because D like you're getting planets for it. You're doing you're doing something with it. It just might right. not be as much as you'd like it to be. OK, we only have one less left. It's Isarl's uh, Guild of Spies as an action. Each other player shows you one action card from their hand. For each player, you may either take that card or force that player to discard three random action cards from their hand. So the working knowledge with this one is, generally speaking, just take the action card, kind of no matter what it is, because, hey, you're a Sorrel, that's five stalls uh, that you can just have. Uh, and sometimes it's cards that actually you wanted to use anyways. Um, we've obviously seen plenty of scenarios where it's like, well, I don't know, so-and-so only has three cards, and they're in a really good position. Yeah, throw Might away. as well throw yeah. out their cards anyways. And that's a pretty great use of this as well. So this does cool stuff, but it feels, sometimes it feels like, uh, it's not, I'm not about to say it's F tier, but I compare it stylistically to Nalu's. Now, I just, 
don't is, care yeah. about it. It is the problem. <laughs> What's happened is that Isaro's play style has like congealed in such yeah. a specific way that by the time you get to this, yes. it just doesn't matter. Right. It just who cares? Right. Like every time I Isaro plays this, I'm like, yeah, well, okay. you already have right so many action cards in there, anyways, and we don't have anything in our hands because you've been Magion on bio stimming exactly. us over and over and over. Yeah. That it's just like by the time you get to it, it it would be more relevant if not for the other things in a Sarl's kit. Right. Like it could be a pretty big deal. Right. But we've already got all these other tools yeah. that we're using over yeah. and over to get as many action cards as we need yeah. and to take them from other players. Right. That feels D tier so, to me. I, I don't think it's F tier because it is still no. like it's stuff. It is clearly stuff that you're getting. Um, but I just don't think it changes anything about your game in any meaningful way, which is what D tier has started to feel like, where it's like, these are abilities yeah. that do things. They just don't, in effect, cause any board state change. They don't change anything right. for your fate. Right. So that that to me feels like some some D tier. Okay. Okay, we have everything down. Yep. Do we need to make any changes? The first thing to note is we specifically put a little note here on the Calera's Mentak Hero Erwan's Covenant to reveal action cards and then get some more. Does that still feel like C tier to you? I I pulled up um, our our list of action cards, and I was kind of looking during the break. I was yeah. kind of looking at like how many of these combinations I could come up with that really don't add up to anything. Yeah, and I found plenty. Yes. I think it's exactly where it should be. Great. I think C tier is a good place cool. for for Clara's Mentak Hero. Okay. Then the the next thing I want to look at then is A tier has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight total factions in the yeah. a tier that big feels tier. maybe misplaced is there anything that should bump up or down of course below it is these things that we have called good high ceilings but not necessarily the, here's what i'm looking at right now sardak we put in the a tier yeah and sar is in the b tier and muat titans like muat sar and ghosts these are all heroes that i like Right. I don't think the B tier is a bad thing. And I think no, 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 no. B tier is B tier is pretty good. good. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like at the very least Sardak should maybe get knocked down into that B tier because it maybe feels more in line with the vibe that B tier yeah. puts off. Well, and I think a lot of the time Sardak if if Sardak is having a good game, suddenly the hero is important. Yeah. If Sardak's having a bad game, the hero doesn't make a difference. Right. Um and I'll say this too. I kind of feel the same, that exact same logic. I kind of want to apply to Mentak. I like it. Uh, if you're having a good game, then Sleeper Cell is it's awesome that you have it. If you're having a bad game, it does not suddenly make you win. It yeah. just doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I think when, when we were doing Mentak, I wanted to sing its praises because I think people undersell it. I think people yeah. don't talk about the Mentak hero enough. But again... B tier is pretty good, so I like knocking Mentak down, and so that evens out A and B tier. I don't think I don't know that anything else for me needs to drop down. Winu, some pretty obvious real value. Nomad is something that almost should be S tier, but just never quite hit as hard as the S tier stuff. Nasroka, similar to Winu, Xcha, Empyrean, and Hakan are all three incredibly reliable economic things, but yep. having clear awesome economic things granted to you does not necessarily turn your game around so yep. a tier is kind of a mix mash of just like things that are good are great even but that doesn't mean your fate is changed whereas yep. s tier is like these are the fate changers mahawk soul l1z1x necro snuck in there i'm happy for necro to still I'm be in there it. yeah mm -hmm. it's cute and it's it. good 
Uh, or I, I just think if if Lightwave is S tier, then so is yeah. Necro. <laughs> That's 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 where that's I'm logic. sticking. I love there. it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, our C tier are these things where it's like, there's I don't know what you're supposed to do with this. Claris Mentac, Claris Argent, Argents themselves, Jolnar, Yin. They're all things where it's like we can dream up scenarios where this does something really cool, but I just never see it in practice. And that's kind of how C tier feels to me. Is like if the stars were to align, this could do something, but otherwise it does nothing. Our D tier, Arborek, Barony, and Asarl are just like. <laughs> The gates are all D tier is so funny. It's to really me. funny. I, I don't listen, I get if you disagree, but we use some very specific logic yeah. in order well, to justify putting it in D tier. Let's be really clear. These are hero rank. This is not a question of how good a sorrel yeah. to me, and we got yelled at this recently too. To me, a sorrel has become an S tier faction. Oh yeah, one of the best factions. One of the best game, factions, and people sure. freaked out about us saying that. Uh, it was in the map lab. It didn't happen on the. Or it didn't happen in like normal channel. But like we started talking about Asarl as a, as like a top tier thing, and a bunch of people kind of freaked out. And I still stand by it. But their hero is not what makes them that. So no. so the the hero fails to to do anything. And then our F tier are actually bad heroes that, that that do very little to no discernible effect on your game is Kalaris Extra, Nalu and Vool Wraith Cabal. And there yeah. it is, our hero yep. tier list. Hero tier list complete. Um, obviously, as we always say, um, if you disagree, you're wrong, you're yeah. in trouble. But you shout loudly about place. it. Come scream at yeah. us on our Discord, yeah. please, uh, about how wrong we are. Give us your version of your tier list and maybe redefine what some of the tiers mean to you if you feel, if you feel like it. I would love to see uh, more competing tier lists so that I can just crush them into the dirt next week and the errata. <laughs> oh, it'll be so fun to like hear your cries and just be like, that's too bad. You're very wrong. I'm so sorry for you. Yeah, I'm sorry for everybody. Um, we'll have errata next week for the action cards episode. Yeah. Um, we will, I, I actually will say this, we're not accepting any errata for a tier list <laughs> episode. That's not how we do it around here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just not that important right but yeah there you go that you you've you've had it you've gotten your tier list don't expect us to do that again for a while yep. this is the end of our kind of uh buzzfeed listicle style yep. um episodes mostly because buzzfeed of course if you pay attention is actually uh they're going under um and they will <laughs> we no fired longer exist, buzzfeed so and they're the ones who are in charge of our buzzfeed style episodes and they're they're they've they've gotten yeah. the can so Sorry, well. BuzzFeed, but we decided to stop doing these types of episodes because we want to make sure that in the future people don't uh, misunderstand what we're saying and be like, what is BuzzFeed? I don't yeah. know what that is. Because it won't exist anymore because you won't exist anymore. <laughs> oh so isn't that funny? I want to thank our weird bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Anvilier, Squeamish, Emu, Brassbird, Brian Kaluan, Dark Jutsu, Goondock, Carnal, Necrodize, Twice, Totally Calculating, Poet, Kindred Spirit, Lord Raddington, Bagels, M. Lashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Privix, Ricky, M44, Rwise, and Wecker. And I want to thank Mama's lovely Larva. My son is also named Bort Nerf, Zerg, Baldric, Tautology is what it is, Frank G, Rekka, Jadim Jedi, General Pith, Uncle Batty, Savant, and Teddy's Jam for you, Homebrewers Guild. Uh, the VOD should be coming up of our Artifacts game. I'm sure it was fun. I haven't actually played it yet in my time zone, in my reality. It hasn't happened, but it will have happened by this episode. And then I don't have a prompt for the Homebrewers Guild coming up because come hang out on the Discord because my plan is to do a bunch of stuff. 
and we're going to iterate on a bunch of things. So please come hang out. We will kind of come up with a prompt together because we're going to do like three or four Homebrewers Guild games back to back to back because I owe y'all a bunch of games. I'm going to try to Whoa. do, I, I want to do one once a week or every other week or so. I want to, I want to really knock awesome. a few out. So let's, let's do some homebrewing together. Come hang out on the discord in the Homebrewers Guild. Uh, Galactic Council, we're in between polls. So, yeah. So this was your Galactic Council episode uh, for this month. Um, we have both the polls are now done. Um, I don't know exactly what the result is of the second poll. Uh, next week, I will have the poll for the next month. Right. Up. Okay. Like so there next, you go. Like, like next month. Like month, the, 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 and then, then next month is what it... Yeah, yeah. It's very so, confusing so, now, the timeline. So next episode, you will get the, the poll for what the October yes. big Galactic Council episode will will be there you go there you go um and if you like all of this stuff if you like uh our show please consider giving us a rating on apple podcasts itunes spotify wherever you listen to the show that kind of stuff matters because it's the internet and that's how algorithms work is we're all we are all shackled to the algorithm and please help us uh go into the stratosphere with your five stars we would like to join you amongst the stars so please give us five of them thank you uh you can also go to spacecatspeaceturtles.com for information about how to join our patreon and hang out and get a special uh color name on our discord and hang out in all the special channels for the patreon uh you also can hang out on our twitter and our discord and we can get our merch and all that again is available at spacecatspeaceturtles.com you can also send us this Imperium Life Stories, which is our sort of play of the week, but we also save a bunch up and eventually do a This Imperium Life episode where we read a bunch of stories. Uh, I'd love to do one of those here kind of soon-ish in the next however long. Uh, so you can send stories of your favorite moments in-game to spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. And there we go. We have a tier list. What a, I, I just feel like we've been on, on a freaking content roller coaster recently it's been it's been crazy amounts of stuff like we said oga is hitting hard right now uh i hope y'all are listening to that show as well if you need yeah. more of hunter and i's voices in your ears please check out our video game show um even if you don't like love video games kind of the point of the show is to like maybe recommend games to you you haven't haven't necessarily played uh whether they be old or indie or whatever um right. please, please check out our other show we have a lot of yeah. fun doing it we just recently uh, finished our what we ended up calling season zero of OGA, which is the first 50 games, uh, basically the first 50 episodes. We did a sort of recap episode yep. of every single game yep. that we have talked about. It's actually the best uh, point to onboard like now is if you've been behind on it, go listen to just that re-ranking episode and you can literally hear a summary of the last year of the show and be right. up to speed with it so yeah before we start our new uh season which uh we're calling uh 2001 a game odyssey <laughs> where we only talk about games that were released in the year 2001 yeah we'll be doing that for about 25 episodes yeah. which uh is gonna be it's been we've been recording some of it thus far really exciting yeah uh, really love kind of the focus that it's given the show um and also um, we will be launching a Patreon for that show yeah. as well very soon so that you can vote on where that show goes as far as what season two's yeah. theme will be. And we've got some very strange themes to recommend. Right. So yeah, feel free to check out Old Gamers Almanac. It's a very fun show. That that Patreon is also, just to say it, is like much tighter. Space Cats is like where we get big and bold and have all these crazy yeah. tiers. 
the OGA Patreon is a very specific thing, so please, you know, consider contributing it only if, you know, you really dig the vibe of that show. We're not trying to double dip on anybody here. It's no. a, it's an incredibly specific, much smaller scale thing over on that other show. So yeah, there you go. Hey, we did it. We did the dang thing. I feel I feel good about uh about this tier list. I just keep looking back at it and I'm I'm very much uh into <laughs> I can't get over Necro and S tier. That's so cool. Why not? You know hey, I had to do a little bit of fraud, okay? <laughs> it's not fun if we just do it the right way the whole time. All right. You had like there has to be some fraud. You're not like, meant I don't to agree with everything we what, said. What would what be the is point? The point? <laughs> What is the point of us being here doing this show if we don't just like cheat the system and do whatever we want to do? We we are we've crowned ourselves government officials of Twilight Imperium. We have to do corruption. Yeah, come on, give me a break. Yeah, listen, I am not a fair or uh like honorable person. I'm a dirty, nasty pirate, mm -hmm. and I use swear words, but not on air. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>